Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody-Mills. And the country is falling apart, but I still think it's a country worth saving, Danielle. I'm not quite sure why you think so. Well, I still think that America can be great. I still think that really? America can lead the world. And it is a can be a stabilizing force in the world. I think mm. that we're at a low point because of the leadership and because of the Republican Party going off the deep end, and we don't have a country that can function as well with one party that is completely dysfunctional and off the deep end. And just the general notion that D.C. slash government is broken when, in fact, it is the Republican Party that is dysfunctional and broken, I need people to see that distinction because we look at it from afar and we go, oh, D.C. is broken. No, the Republican Party party is broken. I gotta tell you, I think that the country is broken. I think that white supremacy and hate groups are at an all-time high. Mm. All-time high, according to the Southern Poverty Law Center. You have a wayward president. You have an entire party, to your point, that is totally okay with destroying the country, using the Constitution to wipe their asses. Mm. But we are so, as a people, I think that we are broken. And we've talked about this before, where I'm saying, you know, I don't know why anybody would want to run for president because I don't know who is going to be able to sew the country back together again. And I'm not sure if we don't just need to burn the whole shit down and build something anew because what we have, what has happened, what we are looking at every single day. I mean, now you have the Republican Party that used to be the party of the military, of patriotism, and they are attacking a man that won a Purple Heart. Mm. Like you have them attacking Gold Star families. You have them speaking ill of patriots like you have them calling out whistleblowers and essentially putting their lives at risk so we are literally living in a state of lord of the flies and so i'm not quite sure if it is actually what we are seeing is worth saving if all of that existed in both parties i would be more willing to agree with you but i see all those faults coming from the right And from the Republican Party and the way that they do things in Washington, the messages that they are getting and accepting 
from right wing radio and believing the lies that they believe, the lack of truth that they believe in. Mm -hmm. I believe that you would run for president at this time because you want to save the country and you still believe that America can be great and can do great things, not just economically for its people, but also spiritually. But we are a two-party system. The purpose of the, our democracy, the strength of our democracy, is in a strong two-party system. I personally believe that we need a multi-party system, but I don't see how that's going to be formed. But if you have one party that is so utterly corrupt, right, and you still have people that don't necessarily pay attention, like there are independents still right now, which I don't actually understand. I don't understand how you can be on the fence about what's happening in this country. So it concerns me because I also think that when Democrats get power, somehow they fuck it up all the time. And so I'm concerned. I'm deeply concerned because one, I love Elizabeth Warren. People know that. I think that she has all of the plans, but I don't know if she has the plan to sew the country back together. I don't know if she has the plan to close Pandora's box that Trump and Trumpianism has opened. And that's what is making me incredibly concerned if the country can be saved or if this is our new normal. Yeah, I don't know how you close the box at a moment when you have massive economic anxiety, to mm -hmm. use that phrase again, in the middle of the country because of globalization and because of robotization, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those are the real reasons, not immigration, mm -hmm. right? Not Democrats, but we have computers and robots doing a lot of jobs that people used to do. Mm -hmm. And we have Chinese people, Vietnamese people, Mexican people doing a lot of jobs that Americans used to do, mm -hmm. right? working class Americans. And this is leading to massive economic problems within America, which is leading to a lot of people being very upset, especially in the middle of the country, which is why they have fallen for the racism of Donald Trump, because it's much easier to blame Mexicans and immigrants than it is to blame robots and people who I, live in other countries. I'm not Quite, but, I'm not but. quite sure that people fall for racism. I'm not quite sure that they fell for, like, the racist rope-a-dope. I think that they are just racist. Mm, I mean, you know, I am old enough, as you are, to remember a time... <laughs> I'm not that old. Tori. ...when conservatism <laughs> was not in the intellectual wilderness, when it actually was an interesting philosophy. Mm -hmm. It was never one that I agreed with, but it was a reasonable philosophy. Mm -hmm. Currently, the Republican Party is not guided by conservatism, and conservatives no. seem to be completely lost in terms of what they actually believe in. The debt under George Bush doubled, and then it has doubled, almost doubled, under Donald Trump. And oh, I thought that they were so fiscally responsible. This used to be super concerning for the right, and they would come to every Thanksgiving screaming about <laughs> the debt, and now they seem to know they only care about it when a Democrat is in the White House. So their concerns are completely empty. They don't deal with the truth around climate science. They don't deal with the truth around gun reform. They don't deal with so many truths. The one thing you said, why would somebody be independent? Mm -hmm. Most independents are disaffected Republicans, and they have been so messaged against the Democratic Party that they are not yet ready to become Democrats. So a lot of people don't leave the Republican Party and go to the Democratic Party, but they are not necessarily because you're independent doesn't mean you're a fence sitter. Most of them are people who are like, I am through with the Republican Party. And they may end up going back for a moment to vote for one or another candidate. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, they're saying, I cannot live with this party anymore. 
You know, what's really interesting is that, you know, you have Republicans right now on television not talking about any policies that are affecting the American people. They're using all of their airtime to defend a lawless president. Mm. Kevin McCarthy got on television and said that Nancy Pelosi is so obsessed with impeachment, she's destroying the country because no one is working on anything for the American people. Well, Stephanie Rule on MSNBC mm-hmm. said... That's fascinating because the House has passed 300 bills. Mm -hmm. 300 bills are sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk in the Senate. A Republican on television said, well, those are just messaging Messaging bills. bills. I heard that shit and I said, I'm sorry, what? Stephanie said... All 300 of them? All 300 are messaging bills. So so to enforce background checks for guns, prescription drugs, like that's just Democrat messaging bills? Supposedly the do-nothing Democrats, right? Right. I hear a lot of Republicans arguing the Democratic Party doesn't do anything. The Republican Party is not a party of action. Literally, the Senate hasn't offered up a piece of legislation. What they have done is jam through over 150 federal judges that are going to wipe out our ability to be able to prosecute progress, right? Mm. Like, they have put us in a position where when you try and go to the courts, right, whether it's on abortion, if it's on same-sex marriage, if it's on voter suppression, we have no recourse because they have put in judges that are so far right-wing that why would you try a case? We already know where they're going. So it's just, it's laughable to me that Republicans have the audacity to get on television these days and say that the Democrats aren't doing anything or Donald Trump to tweet and say that this is a do-nothing Congress when there are 300 bills well, sitting we, on Mitch McConnell's we desk. We could just talk about the grandstanding that Republicans have done in terms of trying to act like impeachment is some far-flung illegitimate process we just demand the right to come into this secret hearing um you are a congressman you are fully invited into this hearing you know? 12 of you 12 <laughs> of you that that had pizzagate yeah, were are, are sitting on the committees and are able to ask questions in the depositions right, like, but hey stand outside the door i mean you're Do what you, you will you're, you're welcome to come in there's no problem i mean look there is a recourse It is Mm. the ballot box. The Mm. American people can vote in 2020 and say enough of this madness. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked-about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand-new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. 
real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Will they vote blue? Will enough of them vote for Democrats that we turn? Axios had a very tantalizing piece that Mm -hmm. Drudge made a huge banner out of. That Republicans are very concerned. Republicans in D.C. are very nervous and concerned that the House, the Senate and the White House will be blue after 2020. Now, I don't think there's any chance of the House going back to the Republicans. No. So the war is the White House and the Senate and the Senate. Now, let's deal with the White House first, Mm -hmm. because I have long been very clear that I think that Donald Trump is going to lose. Right. And the main piece of evidence that I have for that is that your approval rating mm-hmm. is generally what you get at the ballot box. Yes. And his approval rating has been amazingly consistent, historically consistent, consistently at, low at 40 percent. Right. At 40 percent, 39 percent, 38 percent. He's never hit 50. Right. Not one time in three and a half years has he hit 50 percent. Right. That's shocking. So if you show up at the ballot box and he gets even 42%, that is an historic shellacking. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they have a huge uphill climb. I don't know where he's going to get voters who are not already on his side because he is consistently demonizing people who don't support him. A president is supposed to reach out to people who don't like him because he's trying to get them to vote for him. Well, you know, I will say this, that if... What happened over the weekend at the World Series mm. Game 5, what happened at National Stadium in Washington, D.C. with over 40,000 people booing the president of the Suburban United States and, and yelling, lock him up. This is the first time that we are seeing Trump in a stadium that isn't of his own making, right? Mm-hmm. Like he operates inside of a bubble mm-hmm. where all he knows, right, like he's the kind of fragile man, fragile person that can only be applauded, right? So when we saw that and we all heard that collectively, it's like, oh, people really are pissed. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just us, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. they can keep showing us these little podunk rallies that he's doing in the middle of bumblefuck nowhere where people are being bussed in (laughs) or paid to be there. All of those reports are true. But when he's in a stadium that he is not controlling, that the Republican Party is not controlling— he had a real awakening, yeah. which is like, people don't like you. No. And as a matter, not only do they not like you, they want you in jail. Yeah. Right? So impeachment and removal is at an all-time high in polling right now. No- 55% of Americans want the president impeached, and close to 50% also want him impeached and removed. The notion that we should be more respectful to the president... Don't get me started. ...is, is absurd. When he shows respect to the office, then we will show respect to him. I mean, a critical part of being president is having a level of dignity that you are representing Mm -hmm. the country, that Mm -hmm. you are the embodiment of the country. He has not once... Not one time. ...ever... No. ...represented that sort of dignity that would represent... I mean, he talks about... He can't even pass out candy. Oh, my God, I saw that. That He can't even... 
Like, do you understand? Like the most benign shit. Like he can't even pass out candy right. <laughs> right? Like what? Like what's wrong with you? He called people who don't support him human scum. I mean, I understand that you don't like people who don't support you, but that is not acceptable language on Twitter. Or just coming out of the mouth of a president. Like, he has said things in press conferences. Like, when you talk about dignity, it drove me absolutely bananas to listen to Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski say that booing was unpatriotic. No, it's super patriotic. And saying that those, like, oh, this is borderline fascism no, to be yelling, lock, lock him up. In a, and somebody tweeted, and I forget who it was, but it said that, are you crazy? This is an American baseball game. It's like the most American thing to do is to protest Boo. against fascism. Right, at like, a baseball game. At a baseball game. The right. only thing that would have been better is if they threw apple pies at him. <laughs> right? Like, that would have been the thing that, you know, took us over the cliff. Here's the thing that I think may really drive a lot of voters, right? Or just enough voters who are, like, potentially on the fence. And I don't mean on the fence of, like, who to vote for, mm -hmm. but, like, whether or not to actually come out. There's been... Tremendous anxiety in the country since he was elected. Yes. Right? You're constantly like, what crazy thing is he going to say or mm -hmm. do next? You go to the movies, you turn off your phone for an hour and a half, mm -mm. and you turn it on dreading, like, what insane thing is this maniac done next, right? And right. you're getting these Google alerts and whatever and these emails saying, breaking news, the president says some crazy thing about Meryl Streep. <laughs> right, right. The president says some insane thing about your favorite anchor at Sports Center, like not just political things, but like cultural things. And I imagine there must be a sliver of people who are in what you might call the middle who are like, you know what? I could take or leave him. I don't necessarily love her, but like I can't with the constant anxiety. And I have never lived with this in my life, that I'm constantly nervous and afraid and stressed out about what the president is going to say or do. And I just need a break from that. Yeah, I think that people, I have never lived in this type of climate where people who are not political, it's people whose job it is not to be invested, are on edge all the time. All the time. And, you know, and we've talked about this before. Kids, little kids are on edge, right? Like yeah. your parents are balls of anxiety. Like this is spreading and seeping into every aspect of our lives. And I think that for no other reason, I think that that is why Trump will lose. If he is not impeached and removed before November 2020, I believe that he isn't going to get reelected for that reason. Like people just have had enough. Well, like they want their lives back. Well, you know, the impeachment hearings will matter. Yeah. We will see information disseminated over time, mm -hmm. drip, drip, this constant banging against him and this constant reminder of he is corrupt. He is all out for himself. Yep. He is not putting the country first. No. And if you are the president, that is the most basic thing that you're supposed to do you are the country put the country first and he did not he put what he needed i mean this is far worse than what nixon did this is far far worse than what bill clinton did we're not even talking in the same league of what bill clinton did no you put your own needs ahead of the country yes and you again went to another form and i'm sure 
This By your own admission. This is not the only foreign leader that he's asked for help. No, it's not. And he stood on the South Lawn and asked China to investigate Biden, to investigate his political opponents. Like, he did an admission on the South Lawn for exactly what the Mueller investigation was about in the first goddamn place. And I tell you that I believe that Democrats are doing a hell of a lot better than they did during the Mueller investigation and that hearing and testimony, because this is very clear. But it's like, what were they investigating? Russia's interference and whether or not the Trump campaign was connected to Russia in order to undermine the election. And then what does he say that he did on the South Lawn? Oh, yeah, I did it. And I'm going to do it again. And what does Giuliani say? Yeah, we did it. What did Mick Mulvaney say? Yeah, Yeah, we we did did it. it. And get over it. That's normal. And that's that's normal. normal. We always do that. And now Chuck Schumer wonders if Trump will shut down the government to stop impeachment, which is not a good idea for Trump. No, because the last government shutdown was also his fault. Yeah, people don't like the government to be shut down. That, That is not going to make it look like, oh, we're doing the right thing, we're progressing. You can't argue that you're doing the right thing for the country. And yes, there will be 40% that will ride with him no matter what. Yes. Who believe what Rush Limbaugh and Trump and And Hannity and Glenn Beck are telling them, right? And Mark Levin are telling them that this is all Democratic bullshit. Fine. But that coalition of 35 to 40% is not enough to win the election. And if you're just rolling with your people, you will get dogged. And the fact is, is that this president has never represented the whole of America. He is only president of his base. Right. And so how do you win like that? How does that work? And all of these senators, I tell you, you know, we talk about the fact that, you know, Republicans, you know, behind closed doors are saying that, you know, they have fears about losing power. But it's like, what are they running on exactly? Right. What can they say that they have done? Right. Right. When you're linking arms with this president, in all honesty, the only talking point they have is about the economy. And pretty much we've seen the Dow go down, down, down and then back up and down. I don't know if he can really claim the economy as a win for himself. And that's the only thing that they talk about. He didn't build the wall. Right. That's the thing that he ran on. He didn't build the wall so he can run on the fact that he locked babies up. Mm. in cages, that he separated families. But again, what is that doing for the American people? Did that put more food on their table? Did that put more money in their in well, their checks? It, I, no. You know, you wonder what information they get inside the right-wing bubble because certainly the facts that you laid out are not translating, right? Because you're in media, so everything you said is a lie. Right. right? I was just at Politicon, and we had a really beautiful panel where six awesome black people talked about how they feel and the pain they feel Mm -hmm. um, being black under Trump. And somebody stood up and said, April Ryan, who's on the panel, April Ryan, you're a liar. That was the entirety of his presentation. Yes, I watched it. He had no evidence. He had no backup. Mm -hmm. And I saw on Twitter and in the room, many people said, yeah. And I'm like, if you're going to go and say veteran media person, you're a liar. Mm-hmm. You need to have some evidence, some backup, some scintilla of something. Why? But, you, but, you know, the right will just, <laughs> the, like, why? The, the right will just believe yeah, you're they... a liar because they already they start with the idea that media is wrong and you don't need to prove that it is, which is an insane position. 
But let's take a step back because what the president usually has is either coattails or negative coattails, right? If mm-hmm. people show up to vote for the president, then they will vote for other Republicans down the line. Mm-hmm. And the other side of this is the Senate. And Democrats need to win the Senate to have any chance of enacting any sort of legislation that actually will matter and to sort of start moving the country in another direction. And I just really want to take the gavel out of Mitch McConnell's hand. Like, I want to take the gavel out of his hand and I want to hammer him into the ground. I would love that. Like, I want him gone. I would love that. And if we don't do that, then we get another four to eight years of obstruction, which is what we saw under Barack Obama. Correct. So... Do we have a chance? Axios suggests Republicans are nervous that the Senate could go blue. Mm-hmm. This seems like a Democratic fantasy. And yet, if Trump were to lose, you would only need to net three Senate seats. Democrats would only need to win three more than they lose in order to turn the Senate blue and take the gavel away from Moscow Mitch. Is that possible? I mean, there are a couple. Go through the list. That we have a couple that are actually in quicksand. I think the number one most vulnerable person that we would agree on mm-hmm. is Susan Collins yes. in Maine. And I want her gone. It's a state that went for Hillary. Yes. Trump's approval rating is like thirty seven there. And I think there's a lot of anger about the whole Brett Kavanaugh situation. Yes. She decided, Susan Collins decided that Brett Kavanaugh was going to be the cross that she was going to die on. Mm -hmm. That she was going to defend a person accused of sexual assault. And now we know not by one, not by two, but by a few women. Mm. And now we have two sexual predators on the Supreme Court. I digress. So she decides that that's what she is going to defend. She's voted with Trump about 95 percent of the time. And right after she made that announcement and sealed Brett Kavanaugh's seat on the Supreme Court, a super PAC was opened up to raise money to run someone against her. So I think that she is on the out. She's in trouble. In Arizona, the appointed didn't win, but Mm -hmm. the appointed Martha McSally, so her support could be tenuous at best, is running against Mark Kelly. An astronaut. Who you, an astronaut. (laughs) A huge gun reform guy. Yep. He is Gabby, Gabby Gifford's, Gifford's husband. husband. Yep. So he's a great communicator. He's a very powerful and passionate person. Brilliant. So he could be a very formidable opponent there in Arizona. That could come the Democrats' way. Yeah. You also have, there's trouble for Republicans in Iowa. Mm-hmm. There's trouble for, there's John Hickenlooper in, in Colorado. Colorado. You also have to deal with what happens with Doug Jones, the Democrat who somehow won against the child molester uh, Roy Moore in Alabama. Does Doug Jones return to the Senate? In super red Alabama. I think that Doug Jones is really on a bubble. I think that that was kind of a... A moment in time. I don't know if he can hold on to that. The people of Alabama are redder than the reddest of red. Right. And so I don't know if he has enough. But hey, black women make magic all the time. And it was because of black women that he became a senator. So I, I will not, I discount everybody else in Alabama, but black women. So no, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, you know, all of this Overall, I feel like we would have to thread a needle and win multiple races and not lose any surprises and 
just be kind of perfect. Remember that SNL sketch, the, the <laughs> Chance the Rapper sketch about mistakes in space? <laughs> if you make a small mistake in space, you die. Yeah. And, I mean, it's kind of like that because if we don't get the Senate, then you have Supreme Court trouble for a long time. I th- you Mitch know- McConnell will have no problem saying, how about no new Supreme Court justices for four years? I can do that. Yeah, he needs to go. And so I think that we should have a lot of focus on the Senate. We just named at least four. I feel like we're playing spades. We have we have maybe six and a possible. May, <laughs> like we may have six and a possible, and that could be enough. Yeah, maybe that could be enough it may to be. win. I mean, I am pessimistic, and I'm a normally optimistic person. I am pessimistic about the Senate. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. But, you know, if the country is angry enough about Trump and what's happening, if what happened at the World Series game Mm -hmm. is representative of the way that a lot of people feel. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to overrepresent that because that is moneyed suburban coastal people. Sure. If that happened in Houston, I would be like, oh, he's going down. Right. But if he loses, we will look back on that and say, see, there was some evidence. I think that we are underestimating exactly how exhausted, exasperated and angry people are. And I think that what will be the tell for us is when the impeachment hearings are public and they Mm -hmm. begin. I think that this is going to be appointment television. Mm -hmm. I think that people are going to be glued to it. And these senators who are deciding to link arms and circle the wagons for Trump, whose seats are up, I think that they are going to begin to recognize that they are incredibly vulnerable Mm -hmm. because the tide has already changed. Right. The tide is going against Trump, which is why you see them attacking patriots and 50 mm. year service public servants. It's hard um, to make an how, argument. Like, how, do you, how do you I mean, just to say this, just understand where Republicans are right now, that they are defending a draft dodger. Right. And trying to take down Come a on. man that was awarded a Purple Heart. They are defending a man who lied. Right. About having a disability as to why he could not serve mm-hmm. to take down 
a man that won a Purple Heart. Come the fuck on. I mean, look, elections are extremely emotional affairs. If you think it's just an intellectual calculation, you are fooling yourself. Mm -hmm. We go into our lizard brain level emotions, which with in deciding which tribe we are going to roll with. Mm -hmm. And in 2016, Trump tapped into the anger yes. of millions of people who were liberated by his show of anger mm -hmm. and came out to vote for him. The anger is not on his side this time. The anger is on the left. The anger is with the Democratic Party. The emotion is with the Democratic Party. And if we can have a standard bearer who properly taps into that, and I don't mean going to Arizona and screaming about immigrants, but letting people know we can do something about Trump. We can be a great country again if we come together and kick him out. Mm -hmm. We can do it. We will see. We will see. We will see how strong his sycophants are. We will see if once again the silent majority rises. Mm. But I think that we are no longer silent as evidenced by the booing and the lock him up. Look, I, I think, think that a lot of people in 2016 assumed that Hillary would win. Yes. And said, we don't have to do it. Mm -hmm. Whereas Trump had people coming out who had never voted before or had not voted in a while and finally saw somebody who fit what they wanted emotionally. That is not going to be the case this time. He's not going to improve upon his vote total from before. Surely no. there are people, we know there are people, millions of people who regret having voted for him. And I can't imagine that he is one over people who didn't vote or voted for Hillary and said, oh, I should have voted for him. I'm just, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I do connect the dots. I am curious as to what he is personally gaining from having sold out the Kurds. I'm wondering mm. if, right, if this election isn't already locked up for him. Why? By Putin. The only people that were gaining by the decisions that were made in Syria is Turkey and Russia. Right. Russia is who helped him in the first place, which we all know, despite the fact that the Department of Justice has decided to investigate itself yeah. with mm. regard to Isn't that, that investigation. I mean, because we're living in a banana republic. Uh, my feeling is that, yes, I think there are millions of people that regret voting for him. I think that there are people that are very upset that we are all collectively angry and outraged, but we cannot discount the foreign interference that he is courting. Well, you know, I'll leave you with this note. Are we saying that Putin is controlling the voting machines and will actually be able to monkey with the actual tally? Or he will be sending us through Facebook. Thank you, Mark. Yeah. Sending thanks. us messages, social media messages that turn us against each other. Because if it's through the messages, we can see through that mm -hmm. as a country mm -hmm. we were fool you know fool me, me once, once shame, shame on, on you, you. Fool, fool me, me twice. twice i'm george w bush <laughs> <laughs> i think that the country can see through that we do need a sort of global 
internet NATO that would oh. protect America and the, the rest, rest of Western of the world. democracy yeah, yeah, yeah. from Russia because we're not the only country that he no. does this to. No, and that's it, right. It is bigger than just allowing Facebook to send us whatever we want. And it is controllable. It is. I, I guess my point is let us not underestimate the KGB, right. a.k.a. Putin. Like, you know, they were successful once and we haven't put any mechanisms in place in order to make sure that what they did in 2016 doesn't happen in 2020. And who's to say that they haven't refined their capabilities and are testing out other things? So I'm just saying I believe in us. And when I see the lines wrapped around polling stations, I will begin to feel better Mm. because generally when we see those lines it means that the people are coming out on our side right but i will not ever again underestimate the power of putin america put a man on the moon and russia put a maniac in the white house correct thank you for listening to democracy ish i'm tore and i'm danielle moody mills and we'll we will be back next week it's possible if there's still a a country. country